Hey guys, well, welcome back to the Softly Porns podcast today. We are going to be going over hydration. And what else, Brooke? I'm totally just screwed that up, but it's okay. We're going over hydration. Sorry, Chris. And the importance Sorry. of hydration. Sorry. And the, what? Officer, the officer had to come on and, and, and fix the sergeant, the enlisting guy. Sorry, sir. Whatever. I outrank both of you, and we're about to talk about water being an essential nutrient. I Okay. There it is. Well, Brooke, the floor is yours. You uh, well, stole that okay. from me. Well, let, me, let, me <laughs> let me ask you this. So, all right. So, you, you talk about what water is a nutrient. Or is water so? Because I and and the only so reason is water why considered a food. Here's the thing that's special about water: you you need it. It plays a huge role in energy formation. Without water, you're not going to be able to digest essential nutrients, absorb them, transport them, and use them. So that's why I like to think of it as like an essential piece of life. And I'm just using the word nutrient because it seems appropriate. Well, I mean, you talk because we've done a number of podcasts on nutrition. We talk about, you know, fats being a macronutrient, carbs being a macronutrient, protein is a macronutrient. But water is not considered a macronutrient, but it's a it's I mean, obviously vital for sustaining. Right. Life. It's this it's on its own island and it's essential for human life. You can go longer without food than you can water. You will die right. pretty quickly without water. I believe at the last I, I think it was three to four days. And it depends a lot on your environment or, you, you know, roughly about a week, especially with, you know, terminally ill patients or people who are about to die when food and water essentially stop. Um. And and you're yeah you're looking at maybe probably around a week without water and you dead. Side tangent: Did you know that pizza has forty to forty nine percent water in it? It does. All oh my has god! Every, water. Everything is a lot of water. Oh, I mean, yeah. and that's but like even your human body. Your human pizza, body is fifty percent. I can eat a whole slice of a whole pizza, a large. Sli- you don't sli- get hydrated from eating pizza. It has forty to forty. You, you do, but technically you do. That's it's what forty saying. to forty nine percent of water is in pizza. So if I do my other intake so go, of water, so go run and then go eat a pizza. But, I mean, Not it's it's it's. I've done that. Well, all food and, and drinks and beverages like pretty much has water in it. Besides, like dehydrated something like beef jerky is gonna have you know like nothing. Deep now, but. Um, like meat actually has 50 to 70% water. Um, but on the flip side, fruits and vegetables have much more, 75 to 90% water, depending on which one you're talking about. So you get a lot of water from food. And they say, like, general recommendation is two to three liters of water a day. Damn. And that can be from food or your, you know, orange juice or whatever. It can come from other things, but water is going to always be the superior thing. So, random water. question how many times you go pee? from drinking that much water a day. I feel like if you're used to it, it's not as bad. Because that's the question we're going to get. Or someone's going to be like, well, how do I drink that much water? I sit at a desk all day and I can't get up and go to the potty all the time. But you should. It's probably good for you to not sit at a desk all I day mean, and but, get up but and in all real, like, who, who, do people still do that? Like, do what? Like, you're not allowed to go to the bathroom. Chris, can I go to the bathroom, please? I mean, like, come on. Like, no, you're you, not going to the bathroom right Hopefully now. <laughs> everyone listening to this podcast does not have to ask someone permission to go to the bathroom. If not, like, just just go in your seat. <laughs> well, Chris, I know if you were, were going to become a history teacher, you would be like, hey, if you go to the bathroom, just get up and go potty. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're, you're, how am I ever going to expect you to be an adult if you can't just get up and go to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom? Like, a lot of teachers actually get in trouble for that now. Like I saw this thing where this teacher had her students sign a contract. That, like I'm only allowed to go to bathroom break like once yeah. a week or something. Like that's not healthy. All right. Well, no more side tangents. But but <laughs> but okay. So I mean, we're talking about a lot of different things here. So we're talking about water as a essential nutrient. And and now and we talk about you know the average amount of water you should drink per day. You know what? Somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four liters. Give it's two to three liters, which ends up being like nine to twelve cups. So, but that's but that's just without activity. That correct, changes. Correct. I'm talking baseline. Baseline. So, and this is you know. So what? All right. So what happens? What is what does water get used for when we? You know, we talk about how water plays a significant role in digestion. Obviously, our bodies are you know sixty-ish percent water. Um, what else does water do for us? The the baseline. So right. it's like the primary fluid of our body that we're made of, and it plays a huge role in a lot of different things. Like, um, it's a solvent for those micronutrients, like vitamins and minerals. You need the water to absorb things. Um, you also need it to clear waste, which is a, a really important role. So if you're not drinking enough, 
it's not clearing the kidneys fast enough. It's not, you know, clearing the body enough. And I hate the word toxins, but essentially things that need to leave the body and waste and toxins, water even plays a role in that. So that's super important. Not just the absorption of all the good stuff, but flushing out all the bad stuff for lack gotcha. of a better term. Okay. Hmm. And that's, and so it's funny and like, oh man, I know I said no more side tangents, but on the t- it, it does actually very much pertain to water. Um, you know, when you talk about water, cause like types of water, right? So it's like, you know, you have like nowadays, it's not just, you know, there's bottled water. There's like smart water. There's sparkling there's water, sparkling water. There's like ionized. Yeah. I mean, there's so like water is one of these, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a consumer product, like a designer consumer product with like so many different variants and tangents. Um, and it was funny, like even as, as a human race, like even, I mean, obviously our, our, our world, right. Is, is almost entirely covered in water, but it's mostly all salt water. You can't, I mean, we're not talking about hydration. You're not going to go drink a bunch of ocean water. No. You can boil it. It'll work. But you're talking about only two and a half percent of that water actually being fresh water, which is what we use when we talk about like actual drinking water. So we talk about water as a resource. It's actually pretty precious. And we talk about water being a resource for bodies. It's actually very precious. But is there, so is there a difference in the types of water that we drink? Like Yes and no. I do want to talk about this topic because I think it's important. They have literally made designer waters with all these health claims, most of which are completely unfounded. Hmm. They're just simply a claim that's made for marketing. There's not really research to back it up. So honestly, the best source of water, if you live somewhere where it's healthy to drink out of the tap um, or run it through a purifier, Brita thing, whatever you do, that's really good. That's going to be fine. Um, and then you see things like spring water and mineral water, which are depending on what re- like water reservoir it comes from. Mm-hmm. They'll name them different things. But now you've got all these crazy designer waters that are like electrolyte water and oxygenated water and like weird shit that doesn't have anything I, to back I it up. I always thought oxygenated water was hilarious because I was like, well, there's two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen. So technically water already has oxygen in it. So like, what do you do to oxygenate water? I, I think it's the weirdest concept and I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that there's absolutely, <laughs> put it in a blender. there is no published right. medical put it in evidence a like that, to validate any well, of those so, claims. So what's funny is because like I get, all right, and this is, so I am a, for those of you guys who know me and have ever seen the inside of my fridge before, I'm a huge fan of carbonated water. I love carbonated. I love the right. bubbles, right? So yeah, your regular water that's like infused with this bubbly, you know, carbon gas. Um, And, and for all I, like everything that I know to be true, that carbonated water hydrates you just as well as regular water. It does. It counts in your two to three liters a day. The thing about carbonated water is because of the bubbles, it'll make you feel full. So like if you're working out or you're dehydrated, it's not the best source of hydration. hydration. You know, it's just like this is a tasty treat that I'm having in the afternoon because I want something different. It shouldn't be like your main source of hydration. And for some people, carbonation can cause like bloating and GI upset. Yeah. And that's because I, I mean, I swear like I'm pretty sure... I drink more carbonated water probably than actual, but I don't, I don't drink carbonated water. You're right. Mid workout because it does lead to bloating. The car, you know, the gas, you know, builds up in your stomach and you, you know, burp and fart and all that stuff. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I just laughed like a great boy. It's fine. Everybody poops. <laughs> great book. Great book. Um, but no, for real though, because it's like, you know, when you look at like all these like different types of waters, you know, even like what we're talking about, guys, and the things that you're you're needing as far to hydrate yourself is just regular, good quality. Now, good quality water is important because, you know, your source of water is important. You know, you're not you're not just dipping your glass into a cup of rainwater that builds up on the outside of your house. Like you're you're getting decent drinking water which is actually again we go back to that vital resource like clean drinking water is actually a very rare thing for a lot of people on the planet compared to the rest of the world in the united states we're pretty much spoiled there are places where super super spoiled but yes um, okay can you guys pop quiz um what water do you think actually has legitimate health claims of all the designer fancy waters now alkaline water no Nope, no hmm. evidence to back that one up yet. Although they're I starting to dabble water. in the research. It helps raise uh, my pH yes. levels. Well, I, so the only thing I, because because I remember, so I remember like the old adage, um, 
you know, when you drink too much water, you flush out your electrolytes. So I would say, is, is there like some kind of like smart water, smart water, electrolyte no, water? No, they're starting to dive into the whole electrolyte water thing to like figure out if those claims are true or not. But that research is kind of in its infancy. It's actually coconut water. That's like the, the only one coconut water. that backs up its claims. I used to crush coconut water whenever I, I trained. Really like so that comes down to either. the, this comes down to now the psychological effect of water, of what it's doing for you. Because when we think about this, right, coconut water has sugar in it. So it sends a signal to the brain making you, oh, I'm getting sugar in, which which is again correct me if I'm wrong is one of the one of the receptors of letting us know hey we're either thirsty or not thirsty am I right or wrong on that and, and understanding fluid balance and what we're when we're drinking and trying to look for looking at hydration in general yeah sugar will make you thirsty um, but the so coconut water is like you're right it's almost this thing that's a carbohydrate and electrolyte supplement because it does have the sugar and all those electrolytes it has like 15 times um, the amount of potassium than other sports drinks and it's a natural thing so that's kind of one of the upsides to it i'm not saying always hydrate with coconut water but if you're in a state of dehydration coconut water actually has been found to hydrate you faster i need hydra i need any coconut water right now by the way i know you do you got your little sniffles i'm sorry guys if you hear me sniffling like a little school girl <laughs> but so, i thought that was kind of a lot of the health claims about coconut water are not Founded. Like there's some people that are like, oh, coconut water prevents cancers, it slows aging, it makes your skin beautiful, like blah, blah. A lot of that BS um, is not true. I guess the big thing that, the big claim to fame is that it's better than a lot of other drinks for rehydration, and that is true. And a lot of it is because of all the electrolytes. Um, and they're actually looking into research because it's got antioxidants in it, that there might be some truth to this whole like coconut water can help fight cancer, but that's kind of a stretch. So far that's only like found in animals, but um, but like if you're really dehydrated, coconut water actually works to hydrate you faster. So that's kind of cool thing about. Interesting. Well, so, you know, when we, all right, so we're talking about the importance of water and we talked about just the importance of water within like a baseline human function of like, yes, we need water to live. And I think I'm pretty sure everyone knows that. Hopefully you don't know that, or they do know that. Um, but obviously, you know, we what, what tends to kind of go by the wayside pretty quickly is, you know, being able to consume an adequate amount of water for activities. And, you know, and, and this is where, like, we really start to see kind of how you can, you can swing on both ends of the spectrum. You can be over-hydrated, you know, and hypo, hyper, hyponatremia, hyponatremia, which um, is honestly just as dangerous as dehydration. Right. When you throw I mean, cause you're, cause you're literally flushing out. Cause I mean, like, and you used to see it all the time, you know, you see people walk around with like multiple gallons of water, like a gallon of water they take to the gym and then they drink all that and then they fill it back up again and drink another gallon of water. You forget about putting the BCAs inside the gallon of water. I don't know. I just, I just remember. You ever seen the guys at the gym do that? I just remember seeing dudes at the gym. Just, and I, I think most of them probably were all on creatine. So they, there was like that natural. They're just holding on. Yeah, you know, they're just sort of pulling that water into their, you know, muscle fibers or whatever to make them bigger. Um, but so how, like, so when we talk about hydrating for activity and, and one of the, like one of the mantras that I've always kind of, at least, you know, I heard this in the, in the military, but they're like, you never hydrate for today. Like you hydrate for like the next, like, three days or two or three days from today because by the time like you know everything gets absorbed into your system you know it it takes a while for that to happen so so to adequately hydrate the body for activity like you're not talking about pounding you know two quarts of water like right before you go and do something like your hydration for activity starts long before that activity and right. and and it's important i think for people to understand that because a lot of people sometimes have an issue thinking that far into the future, especially when it comes, I mean, let alone, let alone people having all their issues with meal prepping, looking into the future with what they have to eat. The same is true for hydration. Like you have to look into the future with how you need to properly hydrate and what you, what level you need to be at in order if you want, you know, in order to perform to your fullest. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is by the time that you're thirsty and you're having those thirst cues, you're actually already technically dehydrated. You're already like behind the curve. So the best way to get into healthy hydration habits is to carry a bottle with you. I always have a liter bottle with me that goes everywhere with me. So it's on my desk, throw it in my purse, whatever. Um, 
And I'm always making sure to just constantly be drinking and know that I need three of those bottles a day. So we're talking about the, like, we're very aware of how much water we drink. We know this, right? If I was to break it down, how much water in fluid ounces would do you think you consume a day in, in, in water? Pure water, I do three liters on a good day. So what is that in? Not including food. That would be, there's four cups in a liter. Yeah. So that would be 12 cups a day I'm doing. Okay, cool. How about you, Chris? Not nearly enough. Yeah. Well, so this kind of brings up this, and this is coming from a, a, a research paper off of the NCBI.MLM. Everyone can follow that. And it talks about hydration. And the number of fluid ounces on a human being in 1989 was 79 fluid ounces. And then in 2002, it increased to 100 fluid ounces. So the question I want to take into that is like, well, how much of that was water? You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that we've seen obesity rise from pretty much 1990 all the way through 2002 and still to this day. So, so they're saying that's how much fluid people are taking? Yeah. Not necessarily Not water. water, but fluid in ounces. So meaning alcohol, soda. soda, Gatorade, all those types of things. And you just mentioned right now, how much water are you supposed to drink a day? Two to three liters. Right. So that right there tells you that like, that's that's pretty much what almost uh, I don't even know I can't even break that down right now in in the tr- in the conversion of math for Marines guys sorry um, <laughs> math for Marines that yeah. needs to be like a textbook it, it actually is it's it's <laughs> our it's our, so all right so but me, that's what I'm trying to say though me, so what I'm trying to get to is like you know how much of that is now water is is realistically water compared to here's my yeah here's alcohol my soda and all those other things technically some soda you're gonna get some hydration from a soda because it's got water but when you have all that sugar with it it kind of defeats the purpose because it makes you need more water and it's artificial sugar Uh, yeah it's like high well it's usually like high fructose corn syrup which is worse than if you were to drink a straight up like sugar cane so good though real sugar soda so good though they don't sell those really in the united states i think it's funny high fructose corn syrup is cheaper um it's sweeter um we keep trying to do this thing in the united states where we're like trying to out sweeten sugar and we've created these monsters even the calorie free ones are really not good for your gut health to have them all the time but that could be its own other whole podcast um but i think the thing is just thinking about i mean and i said the baseline is two to three liters of fluid so nine to twelve cups that's like your base but then if you're working out you're usually losing four cups to one liter generally while you're working out so, like, if I'm working out for an hour every day, which is usually my routine, I should be drinking four liters. Like, that's how much water I should be getting. And the stuff from food does count. I just like to. So, know. all right. So, if we look at if we look at like the concept of hydrating either before, during, or after workout, do you guys typically hydrate? So, so okay, say we hydrate before workout, and when we say hydrate before workout, we're talking about hydrating two to three days in advance. How about how about hydration during your workout? Do you guys traditionally drink just water? Do you guys mix, you know, BCAAs with your water? Do you guys like how do you how do you treat mid-workout hydration? If I'm losing fluids, I want to put fluids back in. Right. I'm always drinking water. Usually I have two bottles. If you're going more than an hour, it's recommended that you also have some type of carbo- carbohydrate or electrolytes. Like so then mm-hmm. that's when I'll use endure. But I'm not doing that unless I'm going over the hour mark. Gotcha. Because I don't physically need, like, I don't need to replenish all that. I don't need more sure. carbohydrates. So, like, if I know I'm really hitting it hard and I'm active for more than an hour, that's when I would recommend kind of bringing something else into the picture. Um, Interesting. And there are BCAs in Endure, too. But. I uh, I actually, even though I run start running fasted lately, I still put in Endure into my water bottle when I'm running for only 60 minutes due to the fact that, one... Like Chris mentioned, I'm fueling for future events and for the day. And I, you know, running fasted is fun, but the thing at the same time though is I'm looking at like recovery aspect. Yeah, exactly. And if I can get the carbohydrates and during that run, again, like I said, I'm starting off running fasted. Am I messing up any of the any of 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 that you know that metabolic you know adaptation I'm trying to do being fat adapted by sipping on endure? Honestly, I think that's the right thing to do because we've talked about this a lot. Working out fasted 
you really should have at least some BCAAs in there, which are in the Endure supplement, because that's going to help prevent um, and mitigate any muscle loss or muscle breakdown if you're kind of going over that threshold we've talked about. Of yeah, well, especially because you helped me out. Yeah, we talked a lot about the hydration for my for my hundred miler. Yeah, when I was you never ever ever should be working out dehydrated, which I'm sure. I mean, I've definitely done. I'm sure a lot of people have, but it actually not only is it going to kind of diminish your performance, um, you're going to fatigue early and then you're going to actually lose muscle and it can lead to really serious kind of heat related illnesses like and cramps that are just not good. Interesting. So when we, man, because there's a lot of, when you look at water as kind of like just a fundamental part of your diet, you know, you're talking about you know, just like you tailor a diet to a specific level of activity, you're also tailoring your hydration to a specific level of activity. So, as I know, there's a lot of people out there. In fact, when I was when I was driving the other day, I looked out and I saw a guy. It was the middle of the day, you know. I think it was probably like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was hot. I mean, we're I mean, we're in North Carolina right now, so we we still have that residual summer heat and humidity that are still out and present in the air. And this dude had sweats, sweatshirt, and a trash bag over his sweatshirt, I think, just to prevent any sort of... He's trying to water cut. That's yeah. So do. so let's talk about that a little bit. So because we, cause we, you know, you get, you see a lot of people, I mean, they got the, the super shredded muscles, you know, and, and they're essentially, they're super dehydrated when that happens, right? And I know, like, the more dehydrated you are, you're like, you're you start seeing those, you know, the muscles start to, you know, get Jibbit. more <clears throat> contrasted, I guess, and shredded or just developed, not really necessarily developed, but just they show themselves a little more. But it usually comes at the expense of some massive water cut, like where you just get rid of all that like excess water weight. Well, have, have you ever heard of bo- like bodybuilders use the term dry and wet? Yeah, like so they go into competition. They go into competition dry. dry as possible, and then while they're in competition, how much sweating they're doing, and then they start putting water back in, so they start popping more. It's <laughs> it's really really not healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons, I mean, the water is huge in temperature regulation, joint lubrication, mental performance. Oh, big time. Like, I mean, and long term, it ha- plays a huge role in a lot of disease and illness prevention, including a lot of cancers. Um, so that's just a very not healthy thing to do doing it in the short term like that. I mean, it's not probably not going to kill you, but I don't recommend it. You see it a lot with like people like wrestlers. Who have yeah. With weight, with weight classes. Right. So any like, cause we talk, I mean, we talk about the same thing, especially when we did all our dieting episodes when we we're talking about, you know, weight cutting for weight specific sports. And, you know, we talk about that like crash cut that people do and they'll cut their calories ridiculously and they'll cut their water intake ridiculously because yeah, it's just, but I, in my opinion, it seems like you will take more of a performance hit if you start cutting water than you would if you start cutting food. Is that an accurate statement? I mean, because think yeah. about, like, if you think about, like, all the physiological things, I guess, that water touches down, I mean, down to the cellular level, right? You're talking about, you know, interrupting some of your body's most basic processes by cutting out water that, I mean, eventually probably will happen with food, but we talked about even as it on a human level, we can go a lot longer without food than we can go without water. So yeah. water is well, a much more vital resource for the body. It is. And like I said earlier, it's like we also use that water to absorb electrolytes and minerals. They get absorbed in that water and, and they need that to process food. So if we're not, so if we're not doing that, then of course you're definitely going to have some type of weird stuff going on. Um, that's not great. And also, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Basically, when you get thirsty, you're, you've already lost about 2% of your body weight in water, which might not sound like a lot, but if you've lost 2% of your body weight in water and you're already dehydrated, you're already going to see decreased mental performance. Um, you're going to see um, decrease in memory function. Like it's, it's really doesn't take that much. So that's why I'm saying it's so important that you kind of set up a hydration schedule. Even if you need to put a reminder on your phone, when you get into a habit, 
just i would have a water bottle buddy i like literally have my water bottle with me all the time it's my bff and like i'm always <laughs> drinking out of it because it's always know, on my nightstand on saturday morning <laughs> okay well more than that but that's okay let's leave that into a more interesting topic so alcohol is obviously a liquid right right and it dehydrates the body the thing about alcohol is it's its own thing. It's not technically not a macro. Uh, a gram of alcohol has seven calories per kilogram and absolutely no nutritional value. So what happens when you drink is alcohol takes priority in being consumed because your body is like, basically, this is a poison. I need to, It needs to clear the system. I'm going to give the alcohol the attention before I give the nutrients, like the pizza you just ate, the attention. So your body's going to start working really hard to clear the alcohol, and it's not going to start clearing the food you ate and all the other nutrients and absorbing it, and it's essentially going to get stored as fat. So that's when you see some other weird problems. And on top of that, it's going to start dehydrating you and causing all these wonderful problems because all a hangover really is is extreme dehydration. You pretty much have the same symptoms when you're hungover as if you were to let yourself get extremely dehydrated. Huh. So then pretty much what you're saying is the more food I eat, the more calories that I intake, the more water I need to drink so I can digest that actually. Yes. Well, and then food. alcohol hinders all that because it's going <clears> to <throat> take precedent over getting con- like processed out of the system first. Interesting. So, well, I mean, but it's funny because, you know, alcohol has been such a huge part of humanity for so long. And, and I think there's a... I don't know what the specific term for it is, but I believe alcohol specifically like increases like a sensitive, like for example, like the aroma of food, like you become more sensitive to the smell of food with alcohol, you know, and it's, they've done studies on that. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, when you look at like alcohol, like essentially like where does it all come from? You know, like, you know, you have like fruit and it rots and well, it like, like o- fermented, over ripens, yeah. starts to ferment and, you know, with yeast and stuff like that. And you, you know, when you when you talk about the scent, right? Ripe fruit used to draw our ancient ancestors like to the actual fruit itself. Like they could tell by the smell, you know, and the level of fermentation of if a fruit was ripe. So when you talk about alcohol, you're in your it, it enhances your sometimes experience with food, but like you just pointed out, you know, it your body doesn't treat it the same. It literally shuts off the digestion of one in order to clear out the alcohol before it even touches that pizza that you just threw down because you just you walked by the pizza parlor when you were drunk and you're like, oh my God, I totally need a slice of pizza. And now your pizza just sits there. Yeah, the alcohol receives that priority fuel status and then everything else kind of falls to the wayside. And it's going to make you feel like crap because usually you're not eating good food when you're drinking. And then a lot of the times, um, I saw this a lot with college athletes working in the NCAA, obviously, like it's very common in college that kids drink and they would do so much education on how it affects your performance because we're talking about like it impairs your balance, your coordination, you know, all areas because you end up being dehydrated and that's going to last sometimes for days afterwards. And you see this weird thing happen with weight. So the day after you drink, you're going to be dropping body weight because you're dehydrated. Then it's going to spike back back up up. before it goes back and normalizes. So that's like four days. That's like four days where you have totally thrown yourself off and you're not on this like regular, you know, body weight. But it was totally worth it, bro. (laughs) It wasn't. Was it? No. So it we're, really we're talking wasn't. about we're talking about dehydration right now, right? And and the aspect of this all it comes down to environmental considerations, without a doubt. When we look at three liters of water a day, that's in normal conditions. People are not in the heat. They're not in cold. They're not in nowhere. We're just normal baseline where yeah. their body has adapted to their current environment. Now we go ahead and look at when we go ahead and put someone in a high you know, heat environment. Now we got to go ahead and increase water for, for use for hydration due to the fact that your body needs to adapt to that certain environment that you were in until it starts to come back. So you're talking, so what you, all right. I I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I think it does. Sorry, Chris, not smart enough for you. Clearly. I which we are you do bring up in, in in your in your ramblings you do point out an interesting topic that temperature and water are huge. Not only does who talk about water regulating your body temperature. So if I'm in if I'm in boot camp in the United States Marine Corps and I'm in a super hot environment, right, and I drink cold water. Well, that I'm cold, not talking about that though. 
But you I'm talking about water intake in general. I don't yeah, care yeah. about cold water or hot water. I'm talking about water intake in general. But the temperature makes you want... So, for example, you ever been out in the snow? Yeah. Do you want to drink water in the snow? Randomly when I need to, but you also lose... You also dehydrate in cold as well. Well, yeah. He's exactly. Saying, he's but, basically saying like... I'm not worried about like temperatures, yeah. elevations. I'm not or talking other about. Things. I'm not talking about if the water's Change cold it. or hot. I, I that doesn't make no. I'm not c- concerned about argument. that. That's a whole other argument. Yeah. What I'm talking about right now is when I'm in a high like high heat advisory when I'm running for five hours that I need to be intaking more than three liters of water yeah. an hour. Well, absolutely, exactly. So my like that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm not trying to say like the psychological effect of cold water and hot water are gonna have different effects on my body when I take it. It. I'm not talking about that. What I'm just trying to get to is saying that for the listeners to understand that. Understand if you put yourself, let's say you're used to training in 80 degree weather. All of a sudden now from there, you go ahead and go to North Carolina like today. I came out here to train. I came out here or we ran today. You were drenched. Yeah, I ran today because I run in California where there's no humidity, right? And I know how much water I need on me, which is about 20 to 25 ounces of water for that hour that I'm drinking, which is close to about a liter, less than that, right? So I carry that on me. Well, today I ran for about 45 minutes and I put down about 30 ounces of, of water within that hour and I was still soaked, which mm-hmm. pretty much I ended up realizing that I was, I'm was i going to be dehydrated, so I need to be pounding water. So people need to understand that no matter whatever environment they're in, if they're not their normal baseline, that they're going to have to increase water intake no matter what so they can adapt to the environment they're in. So yeah. let me ask you this. How much water can you take in one time? Uh, like how much before it just... chugging? Well, before it just sits there, right? I mean, like how, well, how fast can you absorb water? I mean, I don't know the exact answer to that, but yeah. I do not recommend uncomfortably chugging and overloading yourself so, with water because overhydration is just as bad. It should be more of like a steady, I'm sipping and drinking in intervals kind I of I can thing. answer that through personal experience because in boot camp, I decided to go ahead and my, and my drill instructors were like, whoever drinks the most amount of water in one sitting gets a phone call home and I'm like, all right, awesome. All right. Yeah. You what? can call home. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right. I, I mean, That's let's ridiculous. do this. And oh my God. decided to sit there and I chugged three and a half liters of water in one sitting. Oh. And guess what happened? You probably vomited. You probably threw oh, it up. Just vomited right back out within seconds after chugging it, chugging oh, all of them. Yeah. See, so to answer your question, don't chug three liters of water within one sitting, guys. And it was three canteens. <laughs> if, if, if that was a question for anybody, we I think we just answered that. You don't yeah. need to be doing that. The, that's answering your question, Chris, from a personal experience. Well, Sorry. I have no. two tricks I want to give people of how they can tell when they need to be hydrating or how much. Like a checking their sweat rate, basically. So if you weighed yourself like without clothes before you worked out, get that weight. Yep. Then weigh yourself immediately after without clothes and all that jazz. You know, yeah. make it the same. Then every pound of body weight you lose during exercise, that's about two to three cups of water that you're losing. So you need to like add that to your base. Yeah, I did that a lot. Like whenever I will run, uh, especially when I have training days, running like for five hours and then come back and run for four hours and come back and run for three hours. It was one of those things where I'd go and check my weight, weighing one ninety two, come back from that five hour run, and even though I drank water every hour and try to put in at least two to three liters an hour. Uh, I would come back, lose about, you know, about two to three pounds. And then the goal was, all right, cool. I need to gain those two to three pounds in water and the, while I'm recovering to get ready for the next day. And that's something that I realized. And even during the race, like if you look at, you know, look at someone in an ultra endurance marathon, you look at them pre-race, take a photo of them and you can see how hydrated they look and everything else. Look at the back end of the race yeah. and look how swollen and puffy they are just from just the change and in, in pretty much the, the hydration levels in their body. Well, the other thing that's really important is to figure out if you're a salty sweater. Um, you know what I noticed is you are, George. Oh, yeah. Like, because when you came back from your run and you came up my porch, there was like literally like salt stains on the porch after your run. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You just need to know if you're a salty sweater. You can wear, if you wear like a dark shirt or a black yeah, you shirt, can you can test this out and see. But if you're one of those people, then you're going to want to drink something with like the electrolytes and the sodium during your exercise and, and not restrict sodium. So it's something like, you know, Gatorade, something with electrolytes looks like water. So go for it, Chris. I was say, so I mean, with that though, and especially I know for all my, my military people who are listening right now, uh, most of us, like when we... Whenever, whenever it was a super hot day, especially in training, they would always give um, us like salt packets. Like so, we're we're increasing our sodium intake, which increases our water retention. Um, 
So is that like a is that like a valid way like as far as when you yeah. when you're yeah. training to increase? Yeah. And it was you'll hold on to more of the water. Yeah. Disc- I mean, you're like l- it was nasty. I mean, straight up like a lot of endurance people do it. Yeah, or- so, ORS packets is what they were. So when I was training for the recon challenge back in 2013, I it was one of those things where it was a 2K ocean fin with a full full combat gear with your ruck into a 26 mile ruck run and then in, anything in between, but what I had to focus on I started doing was I started taking salt tablets actually with electrolytes in it and then I would also drink water with chia seeds in it and you know just finding it online was like hey you know most endurance athletes put chia seeds marathon runners put chia seeds in their water a couple days prior because it helps with keeping and retaining water so they stay hydrated longer throughout the race some people actually do it during the race and it again if you ever had chia seeds in your water it's really really weird it's a uh, inside your mouth because it's like kind of like expanding it yeah mushy. It's and it, like get real mushy. it tastes like a little like anybody have a bo- uh, boba before like is that like bubble tea kind of? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, bubble yeah, tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a kind of the same feeling, but on a smaller like level of what it feels like. And I remember doing that, and then coming, getting back into ultra endurance. Now it's like, do I want to do that again? Like it was just weird. It was like I feel like for you though, because you're a salty sweater, you need to eat some type of salty snack, yeah. or like electrolyte drink. Like, I used to. I was popping. I would yeah. pop two salt pills almost every hour and a half to two hours. And I like honestly, anyone who's endurance or ultra endurance should not be restricting sodium or someone who's a salty sweater should not be restricting sodium, even though it's kind of like a trend in the United States. where like too much sodium. We're talking about like the average American that's um, probably trying to lose weight. Right. Who's got high (laughs) blood pressure and they sit on their couch all day and like they actually need to limit sodium because they're getting way too much. But when you're endurance, ultra endurance or you're someone who works out a lot and you're a salty sweater. Do not limit sodium. You need it. It's going to help. Um, and you're going to get some seriously gnarly muscle cramps if you're not replenishing those electrolytes. I've, I've luckily, I have not experienced muscle cramps because of the fact that I've been on the salt tablets and eating. It. Yeah. It, you know, it's crazy is because of the fact that we get this question a lot, especially, I, I know I do, especially with people who follow me on Instagram, they're like, Hey, what's your like nutrition and what's your hydration plan? And realistically, like I can tell someone what my hydration plan is, but it comes down to really what works best for you. And like, there's times where I've ran with buddies who will literally run for three or four hours with literally 40 ounces of water on them. And, and this is a question that maybe you can bring up to, can you h- adapt your body to have less water in it to stay hydrated longer? I don't believe so. I think that that's something that's kind of like there's no trick to like making sure you can utilize water better. I think the big thing is so okay, so certain things change my answer. Certain things are going to affect hydration. Okay. Sugar, fiber, protein, um these things are going to require you to need more water. So you could avoid certain things to make sure you're getting the water if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so if you're eating a really high protein diet, you need more water actually to clear the ammonia from your system. So that's something to keep in mind for people who go really like all in with these like high protein trendy diets. The carnival diet. I hate that diet so much. I thought keto was bad and then I heard about the freaking carnivore diet. All right. Well, we're not going to go on that tangent, <laughs> but we don't, we'll make sure that's another podcast. It should so, be. Yeah, it should be. Let's talk about weight management with utilizing water then, because Ooh, we do yes. see Let's that a problem, you know? Um, so I, I don't know if you guys, this annoys you, but in the performance world, I feel like everyone's always looking for a quick fix of some kind. And people ask about fat burners. <laughs> do people ever ask you guys about that? Or maybe it's just because I'm a dietitian. Just you. I don't, yeah, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't oh have you seen me? I don't look like I take hydration or what is it look at this but even like look at the word hydro like hydro like the prefix hydro referring water. to water oxy like oxygen right and cut, then cut. It. right Let's so just it's get like, rid of it so it's like yeah. almost like the so because people have this in their brains where it's like this puffy swollen like full of water probably over you know sodium water retention and then they talk about wanting to cut all that so it's like Hydroxy cut. I'm yeah. Hyd- well, like cutting my hydration. And I re- no one ever used those. Most fat burners are extremely horrible for you. They're gonna make you dehydrated. They're gonna. Um, they can actually even give you permanent heart damage. Really? Uh, some of them. It's really, really, really dangerous. What is the effect on the brain on that? I mean, think about all the things that affects you if you're dehydrated. Like, we're, yeah. Like, there's like a whole laundry list. Things like fatigue, loss of appetite, flushed skin, heat intolerance. How cough, about? I mean, anxiety. Headache. Anxiety. 
Oh, yeah. Clumsiness, stumbling, <laughs> like numb skin. You can literally get delirious if you're dehydrated enough. <laughs> anyway, where I was going with that is that water is actually a fat burner that helps you stay lean. Yep. So let me ask you this because I, I, this is from you know personal experience. When you come... So we talk about, you know, burning fat, losing weight, simple calorie calculus of, you know, burning more than what you're taking in. Um, have you ever noticed that when you drink cold water, you're not as hungry? Like it, like there's, there's an appetite suppressant. Cause like, for example, like being out in the snow, if you ever, I remember going snowshoeing, um, a lot back when I lived in California, uh, up in the Sierra Nevadas and one of the things I noticed about being out in the snow was that I was, I would always, almost always forget to drink water. Cause I never like the, that taste, that like feeling that you get in your mouth, like, Oh man, I'm so thirsty. Like never happened. Cause it was freezing outside, you know? And we talk about drinking cold water as opposed to drinking warm water. Like you drink in a tea as opposed to drinking room temperature water. Um, the temperature water like had a lot to do with, like my desire to continue to drink more. Like you don't drink a gallon of hot tea. You drink a cup of hot tea. You know, it's all still water. Yeah, like the, both of the temperature extremes aren't the greatest. You kind of want it in the, in the middle. middle. Like think cool water, not ice cold water. Yeah, but a lot, I mean like, but how do you get your water in a restaurant? That's that's with not like, that's not extremely cold. cold though with ice in it. But like in the water bottle I carry on daily, I'm putting like, cool sometimes even yeah. warm water in there like, I, I, you know so is, there, is there a difference like with room temperature versus like not room temperature water uh well a lot of people say it's better to drink room temperature water just because it's more in line with what your system is at like you're not putting extremes like 98 98.6 degrees is like your standard body temperature but i would never drink water that hot so i do a cool i need it to be at least cool it's just but yeah if you're doing extremes it's not yeah i've never had that problem though chris it's kind of weird like whenever i was in the and maybe it's just because i got told right away was like hey if you're in the cold and the snow and you're and you're patrolling you're operating it you need to be drinking water and you need to be eating oh yeah no you need to do those things but I'm saying you just don't like, feel like you need well, to do those I, I, things. I guess maybe that's just because it was ingrained in my head right away to where I never really got to that feeling of like I don't want to eat well I, I knew that I needed to eat to continue moving fucking forward mm -hmm. so I guess I never really thought about about it in that realm of like oh does cold water suppress my appetite I've, I've never really felt that I'm gonna try it now and, and I'll, I'll come back and give you my experience I mean, if you, so for example I just I, I don't know I mean I remember like if I this is actually it was it was one of the tricks that I used to use in ranger school when I was super hungry was I would try to because they because when I when we were there during the summer months they had ice available okay so I would chill my water down like as much as I possibly like mostly ice a little bit of water and it helped control like my desire to want to eat food the colder the water was so i don't know maybe that was just me but yeah i'm sure there is some type of something to that though um but i want to talk about the study that they did in switzerland that i thought was pretty cool they basically tried to look at um, when someone's poorly hydrated versus well hydrated and the cells and and the differences and from inter like from like like what is that actual yeah. cell doing so when they broke it down and they looked at cells that were well hydrated what they found was um, they burned more fat, essentially. Oh, wow. So it's a thermogenic. Yeah. Like, really, when I say, like, everyone always is looking for this, like, thermogenic quick fix of how do I burn more, it's, like, literally drink water. Like, it, it does it itself. So what happens is um, when you're hydrated, there's this fat-burning effect, and then protein synthesis occurs. If you're dehydrated, uh, you can't actually have adequate protein synthesis. So not only are you kind of, like not getting the benefits of like water can help you stay lean, but you're also well, not even able to build muscle. And that goes into the same idea when we look at a weightlifter trying to cut for a meat. You know, we want to go ahead and get, do them a, like we talk about our water cut, but realistically, you know, when I've done my normal water, you know, my water cuts or my water loading is what I like to call it is if I'm seven, eight, eight days out from a meet, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Or five days out from me, it's like, all right, cool. I need you to start going ahead and start putting down two to three gallons of water today. So we overload the system. So we now get that thermogenic effect going. And as time goes on, as we start cutting calories, we start slightly cutting a little bit of the water out. And then we go ahead and, and that last day, probably it's pretty much you get, you get about 30 ounces of water, maybe less, depending where your weight's at yeah. but a lot of people do that but like in all reality in a perfect world where everything works 
you don't want to put yourself in a spot where you have to do a water cut. Like gotcha. one of those fluid overloads and water cuts just because it, it messes with all those electrolyte balances. And what you're doing is, okay, so essentially the hydration state of your muscle cells, they call cell volumization. And, and you do hold water with glycogen and in your muscle. Yeah. So what you're trying to do when you do that is like you're giving the body all this water and it's like, oh, it's giving me tons of water. It's fine. And then doesn't realize you're tapering it off and we'll, we'll cut all that water, water off. off. Yeah. But then you're going to get all those things like decreased performance and all this stuff. So if you really want to perform your best and you're trying to make weight, just be really smart about your cut and be realistic. I think sometimes people are like, oh, I got to cut 15 pounds for this weight class. I'm like, that probably shouldn't be your weight class, bro. Like if that's your norm to be 15, 20 pounds above it, that's just not going to be a healthy place for you. I remember when I was a strength teenage coach over at a high school, uh, this the beginning of the year, um, the, the, the wrestling team, what they started doing actually was they started actually seeing how much that the, the student or the, the student athlete could cut weight with uh, without or with water, like what he looked like throughout the week with water. So then from there, that's the that's as much water weight as that's as much weight they can cut. So because what was happening before is they're getting people saying like you're saying like, hey, you're going to you, you weigh 185 pounds. I want you to go fight at the 170. Well, realistically, like, all right, cool. Let's go and cut you a week with water and see how much you can really get to. And then we'll go ahead and be like, hey, this is where we're going to go, which is actually a lot healthier uh, for this for the athlete in general due to the fact that, OK, cool. We're figuring out like well, how much water you can really lose through water. And then all right, cool, we're going to go ahead and cut you through nutrition. And then if we need to cut you with water to get you to that very last point then we will you know that's one thing and another big thing too that i noticed too is uh how much how much weight you lose if you're hydrated at nighttime to the morning you lose more weight actually yeah you wake up looking lean because you haven't had any water all night well yeah that's one thing so like i know when i was that's hydrated true. no yeah but the thing you is it was like that? you're like damn i look good i'm not as fluffy well, as when i went to and bed and this goes for all the strength athletes <laughs> Yeah, so this goes to the strength athletes who are like who are like weightlifters and powerlifters oh and, and realistically not powerlifters as much because powerlifters have a twenty four hour weigh in, so they don't have to really worry about it. But the weightlifters that are cutting to get ready to lift, you know, we got to go ahead and see like how much water they're losing when they sleep, and if they're getting eight hours of sleep, are they going to lose two kilos? Are going to get lose three kilos? Are they sleeping six hours only losing one kilo? So the more sleep they get, the more actual water weight they lose due to the fact of we're not drinking water and our body is utilizing it all up. Yeah, but I'm one of those people where I have water by my bed and I wake up every night and drink water. Like you wake you wake up in the you wake up in the middle of the night and drink. water? I always do. I I do. I wake up thirsty. I drink water. Like usually I have to go to the bathroom. I usually wake up thirsty. Like if I had something that just a very like high sodium meal like prior to bed. Which it's just like my norm. I don't know why. I'm I don't, just really I'm, thirsty all so the time. I'm not going to, like, those are signs. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. I can't ever wake up in the middle of the night to drink water. I, I'm just, I sleep through the night. Well, I mean, I think that's probably better to get a good night's sleep. I think I'm just like a weirdo. Well, I mean, we talk about, well, but but that's like, so yeah. it's interesting because, you know, we usually when we, when we talk about it in our seminars, when we talk about our sleep routine, you know, we talk about cutting cutting off water you know maybe 60 like, minutes prior yeah, to bed. like an hour hour and a half before bedtime because Voice, i mean it, yeah. it interrupts your sleep cycle to have to get up and then you know try to hit the cheerio in your <laughs> in your toilet <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all here. I mean, probably, well, so probably is a little like, easier. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that, little, right? A little easier for girls, I guess, because you sit down. <laughs> so that's one. That's a, that's a sign <laughs> of fatigue, easier. though. Like that's one thing that I've realized is that's a sign of fatigue, right? Like if I'm waking up in the middle of the night to go to either get water or go pick a piss, it's a sign of fatigue, right? Or it's or you drank water all the way up until you went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that, so let's let's question for you, Brooke. What time is it you wake up every single night to get up and go bathroom and drink water? Well, depends if it's one of my fur children waking me up. Um, probably usually every day. Like, I'm really bad about sleep. I go to bed probably around midnight, and halfway through, around like three or four, I gotta get up. Okay. And do you drink water all, all the way up till about midnight? Yeah, I'm like always drinking water. So that's or tea or, you know, so something. that's 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 it right there, right? Like, how long is it? It's like if I drink a gallon of water right now, or half a gallon of water right now, we can time it and notice that hey, I probably have to go take a piss from that water within the next hour and a half to well, two also hours. Well, it depends on how hydrated you are, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're not if you are if you are super dehydrated, then it's going to take you a hot minute. You but know, she's it, not. She's yeah, super well, hydrated. Here, let's talk through this though. So. It's going to be a little different for everyone, obviously, on how fast it's going to clear your system. But basically how it works is your kidneys filter the waste products from your body, right? And they need water to do that. 
So if you're not drinking enough water, stuff's not running through the kidneys and they're not clearing waste products. So it actually backs up the kidneys and they're going to turn to your liver for help to kind of like detoxify the system. So, and one of the big things that the liver is supposed to do, it's supposed to metabolize stored fat for energy. Ah. So even if you're dehydrated, you're backing up this whole urinary tract system of doing its job to eliminate waste. And then you're going to start taking the liver away from its job. It's like, hey, George, I need you over here at nutrition. You're not allowed to do fitness. Like you're literally taking it away from its job and you're stopping what it's supposed to be doing, which is metabolizing fat. So it can help with the whole dehydration issue. So then that's when your fat loss is also compromised as a result. Uh, And that's, but it's funny because it's like, so, and and we want to make a very important distinguishing point here for people who especially have the goal of like, Oh, I want to lose weight. (laughs) There's a difference between losing weight and burning fat, right? Water plays a, water plays a direct role in the, the fat metabolic, you know, metabolizing fat. So the more water you drink, meaning like the liver doesn't have to do the kidneys job, the more fat you're going to metabolize. In theory, yes. So of course, you know, we're saying if you're like an energy balance and doing all the other right things. Right. Right. But I mean, it's just, I think a lot of people, they like, they just, they just equate fat with weight. Right. They just like the two terms are synonymous. Well, and I think a lot of the times, and we've talked about this a lot before is uh, specifically carbohydrates hold water and stored glycogen holds three grams of water roughly. So a lot of the times people will be like, oh, I lost weight. And it's like, but was it fat or was it water weight? Right. And a lot of the times it's, it's water weight, especially if you're seeing very significant drops. Right. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind of why you should be hydrated so and have some type of water routine in your you know life well, so that you know what's really going on you're letting the system do its job but, and that's but that's that's obviously the biggest downside with like just paying attention to the number on the scale because the number on the scale is just it's just weight it doesn't it doesn't denote what it is you're losing I mean yeah if I go to the bathroom several times before I weigh myself, I'm probably going to weigh less. doesn't mean that I burned any extra fat. That just means I just literally got rid of weight that my body was carrying around with me in the form of waste. So, yeah, it's it's super important to drink water if you are trying to metabolize fat. Yeah, and a really easy way to know where you're at hydration-wise is that your urine color should be – I already told you guys to check your bowel movements. Now I'm going to tell you to check your, your urine as well. But – um, it should be kind of like the color of, of hay or straw. So it should there should be color. There should be color. Shouldn't be clear. It should not be clear. That means you're overhydrated and you're probably gonna have some electrolyte imbalance, which Sad can word. be just as bad as being dehydrated. So you want it to be like a light, like think uh, like Coors Light uh, is a good one. Like it should be like Rockies. <laughs> it should look like an IPA or definitely not a Guinness. If it looks like a Guinness, seek immediate medical attention. Yeah. Rabdo, bro. Yeah, you- like you know. That, no, but seriously, it's like an easy way to tell yeah. how am I doing on my hydration. Don't need to slow it down or drink more water. So why? So question: Why does why do we see this color? darken as we get dehydrated is it because of the fact of the protein breakdown in the system in the bloodstream or is it due to the fact of just the breakdown of just like what the body's doing in general it's like there's more it's the waste to water ratio, ratio that okay. makes sense that gives it that color or sometimes in extreme cases it'll be blood in the urine and everything else and really bad things can happen but in general like the that's what has to do with the color it's just like Another big thing for everyone right now, because everyone's on this big whoop kick. Um, if you're dehydrated, what, what? if you de- if you're dehydrated, your HRV is going to show that you're low because there Wait, is. What's HRV again? So heart rate variability. Okay. So people are following the whoop right now, and we're like, oh my god, I'm in the green today. I'm in the blue. I'm in the red, or whatever you want to think about it. Um, I'll go on a different tangent about that some other show, but. The fact of if you're dehydrated, the blood volume in your in your body, along with the blood pressure and your heart rate, are all linked together. So, for example, if you are dehydrated from the day prior and you look at your strain and your strain is through the roof or your HRV has dropped, and you're like, "Man, I, I ate properly, I slept good, I did all these other things. Why is my score low?" Well, you got to look at hydration. Oh yeah, it's huge. And again, too, it's like for instance, like you know, I track my heart rate you know, through my Garmin. And I also check my heart rate through, uh, through a heart rate monitor, just as one of my H's I use in my three H's where I added now it's a four H. So it's heart rate. And due to the fact of like, I've, I've been able to con- con- follow a baseline of my heart rate and notice like if I'm recovering, if I'm not recovering, I notice if I don't drink enough water, it jumps up two to three to four beats actually sometimes. Um, 
So that's something I wanted to bring out to everyone right now with with the heart function of not being hydrated. You are going to see, you know, your heart's going to go ahead and start working a little bit harder there due to that fact. And if you're chronically dehydrated, you can actually like permanently do damage to the heart. Like you can actually really mess up what like it's kind of insane. Um, Patty actually was asking me a question about dehydration and um, she was asking about joint pain and um, one of the major roles that water does is it's a big part of the synovial fluid, which is basically the lubricating it's fluid because, between yeah. joints and the cerebrospinal, um, big words, cerebrospinal <laughs> fluid, um, which is kind of like a shock absorber for the joints is, is a way to think about it. So she was saying sometimes like her back and her head and things and like that's what it is. Like think of this is there to protect these tissues like your brain and when there's not enough fluid in there, you get a pounding headache and, and that's partly from dehydration sometimes and you can even get joint pain um, and that plays a role. Well, let's go and keep going down that path then. So what are some of the chronic diseases that we do see with um, dehydration all the time? One Biggest of the things, oh death. sorry. Well, obviously. Well, that's the extreme. That's, that is not a chronic disease, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm, it's, it's, it's long-term and it's permanent. State. <laughs> um, well, one of the big ones um, in the urinary tract would be kidney stones. Okay. Um, and about 12 to 15% of the population is going to get kidney stones. Wow. And the biggest thing is you're, you need to be getting a higher fluid intake gotcha. and they're extremely painful apparently. Um, and they're very, very not good, but, um, and you have to pass those on your own a lot of the time. So have fun with that. One thing I just read right now is that dehydration causes exercise asthma, induced asthma to the system during for being dehydrated. Yeah, well, the weird things, we'll see, like, the most obvious ones are going to be, of course, things like, um, well, it's cancers, which is, like, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, prostate, testicle. If you're not, if you're significantly drinking too little, you have a higher risk factor for all the urinary cancers. But what's weird is it does start to affect other things like what you're talking about. Um, If you drink the appropriate amount of water, your risk of like breast cancer is reduced by something like 79%. Like that's pretty crazy. Just if you're drinking appropriately, like the water and things like colon cancer, which makes sense because you're trying to flush waste through the system and you need water for the bowel movements as well. Um, Reduced cancer, and it was thinking between like 30 to 45%, depending on men or women, of colon cancer. So just like water can even decrease your risk of cancer. Another big thing too is in that realm when we're talking about chronic diseases is look at diabetes. Diabetics pretty much are dehydrated all the time and need to be crushing water 24-7. Yeah, that's a big sign. Um, in hypertension and stuff. You, you have diabetes. That's how a lot of people actually catch it um, because of the how it affects your thirst and your urinary tract. But um, we did this thing when I worked in diabetes education and I'd get up there and talk to people about you know their lifestyle related to diabetes when they get a new diagnosis i would have these test tubes that were essentially like your blood on sugar and it would literally be a syrup mm-hmm. because of all the sugar in the bloodstream and so that's why even things like sugar and and high blood glucose put you at risk for cardiovascular things because it's literally making your blood like syrup yeah so your you need heart to has to then pump water. that <laughs> syrup through yeah. yeah and it doesn't it's, it's not easy it's like putting no. maple syrup into your heart and it your blood like and it's worse. like, like it's literally so gross. it was like thicker than maple syrup another big thing too is uh dental hygiene if you're not hydrated, yeah. you start seeing dental hygiene problems. And that's actually on the lower end of like chronic diseases. And that's actually a sign of like chronic dehydration is starting to see, you know, different dental diseases in the gums and all that good stuff. Helps me fit in here in the south. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, know what you're talking about. But your number one, the Meth number one. dehydration, uh, pick your <laughs> Both, both. But the number one, you know, the number one chronic disease that we do see, and that's, and it, it's probably on the lower end if we were to put on a scale, is going to be your urinary tract track infection. Like we do see, we see that happen all the time in women and in, in, in dudes. It's really common in older adults too because they don't want to get up to go to the bathroom so they don't drink enough water but then if you let a urinary tract infection go too far you really do have delirium that happens and people will go crazy <laughs> so crazy. keep that in mind as you're aging so real quick even if you don't want to get up and go <laughs> drink water just do it it's better for you so let me throw this in there for all my ultra endurance athletes and athletes who train a little bit longer than 60 minutes to 90 minutes um if you are in a low and you're feeling like complete shit and you're feeling sorry for yourself because you are going to get there, go ahead and start pounding a bunch of water and eat a bunch of food because it's going to go and help with brain frog, uh, 
brain fog and mental clarity, actually. And again, like we talked about it, one of the big things there, and it's a question that I've gotten before is like, hey, how do you get over a low? And it's realistically, well, you, you got to enjoy it and go ahead. But the ways you go ahead and, and keep it going back up is by increasing your food intake and water intake. Yeah, and like George mentioned too, exercise is going to affect these things, but it's also... Um, the heat, the humidity, the altitude, the, if you're eating high fiber foods, if you're sick, George. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick right now. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a glass of water. I'm traveling too. That's a big That's, one. Flying. I, really I, big oh, um, you're bad on that. And pregnancy, extra water. Oh, I'm, Obviously. I'm not at risk for that. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, you didn't. never know these days. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. All right, guys. Well, like I said, I hope. Uh, we might have to do a part two to this because I feel like we missed a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, given given all the stuff that water touches, literally everything on the planet and within our bodies, there's there's definitely a lot to consider. I think the one big thing we want to make sure you take away from this podcast is drink water. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Because it's, it's, it's important. And uh, yeah, I hope you, know, you guys got a better appreciation of just how important it is. So Yeah, definitely. One thing I can tell you guys, if you are a mountain athlete who train at elevation, you need to be putting water down like crazy, especially if you come from sea level up to that realm. I, again, like I said, I can't, I can't harp on that the most is change of environment consideration needs to be increased in hydration due to the fact so that we can adapt quicker. Yeah, exactly. That two to three liters we mentioned is just your baseline. And like we touched on, all these different factors affect it. And you need to keep that in mind. Boom. All Thanks right. for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Drink water. <laughs>